In the medical world, there is something known as a DTR, which I imagine most doctors know well, and most non-doctors have no idea what I'm referring to. It's called a deep tendon reflex. But as I explain what it is, I imagine most of you will now understand what DTR is about. It's when you go to the doctor's office and you hang your leg at about a 90-degree angle over a table. And the doctor takes a small little rubber hammer and taps you right on the tendon that connects your patella, your knee bone, to the muscle that is connected in your leg. And something connects neurologically that causes an involuntary response known as a knee jerk, known as a reflex. And in that reflex, your leg kicks up. It's beyond our control. When you hit that level of the knee just smartly, just enough, your leg will kick up in a way that whether we want to stop it or not, we can't. And doctors do this test on us to make sure that our brains are working properly and that the neurological computer is sending the proper messages to all of our muscles and body. And if for whatever reason the doctor hits the tendon in just the right spot, but there's a pause or a delay or no reflex at all, it's a sign. In some cases it could be a sign of a stroke. In other cases it could be just a general sign that something's not computing from the moment our way our brain is operating to how our muscles are controlled. And normally in that sign, doctors go for a whole battery of neurological exams as a result. We have a lot of physical knee jerks in our life, and we have other things that are involuntary in our life. For example, the idea of inertia, the idea of moving at a certain pace, being forced to stop at that pace, and our bodies continuing to move at that pace. That's what causes most injuries in a car accident, from this idea of inertia. Whether we want to stop it or not, we can't. It is involuntary. It is beyond our control. I share this with you on Shabbat because I'm wondering if it's possible that we might have emotional knee jerks, emotional responses, emotional reflexes that are connected to physical feelings. I would argue that we do. And the best way for me to explain the idea that we do is through example. So I'd like to share three quick examples with you, one very personal, one communal, and one biblical, that I think shows us that we can have instinctive reflexes when it comes to emotional and ethical issues. The first is a case of when my son Elias was born. He was all of about four days old, and we brought him home into our apartment in Manhattan, and we were about to give him a bath. And as you bathe newborns, many of you who've had small children, you know, you bathe them in the kitchen sink inside this other little tub. And my daughter Eve was not yet three, and she was very excited to be the big sister, to have a little brother, someone to boss around. We started bathing him, and anyone knows with a newborn and the water and the evaporation process and it being cold, he screamed bloody murder. He was red and screaming. And Evie came up to us as we were bathing him. And Dory and I are standing there. And she's hitting us, which was uncharacteristic of Eve at the time. She's hitting us 
And she's saying emphatically as this innocent two and a half year old, stop it, stop it. And I remember kind of quickly saying, Evie, it's okay, we're just giving him a bath. And we turned to her and she said, you're hurting my brother. Stop it. But she's two and a half years old. Has she fully digested what good and bad is? What right and wrong is? I mean, she has trouble keeping rules even now, as most six-year-olds do. But you understand that perhaps there's something innate in this little girl that knew something bad was happening. And she had an ethical reflex that reacted to seeing another in pain. Let me give you another example. Last Sunday, I went to the New Meadowlands to watch the New York football giants take on the Detroit Lions in football. Somewhere in the fourth quarter, during a kickoff return, one of the linebackers for Detroit, a gentleman by the name of Zach Follett, was hit in an awkward angle very hard in the helmet, and he fell to the ground and he laid motionless for about five to six minutes on the field. It was a very scary thing. What captured my attention was everyone on the field and everyone in the stands and how they reacted. Every player, whether they were on the Giants or they were on the Lions, and they were in you know, a fierce battle and they were tough and it was a close game, they all took off their helmets. All the coaches and players and coordinators, they all kind of naturally gravitated to the center of the field and they bent down on one knee and they grabbed hands and it was clear that they were in prayer. And I saw in my vision that there were players from the Lions and players from the Giants still in the middle of the game holding hands, bent down on one knee, praying on behalf of this player. And then, a few minutes later, he was put onto a stretcher and carted off the field and every single person that I could see of the 70,000 plus fans there stood up and applauded for this player that they really didn't even know. Why? Why did they do that? Why did the players react that way? I posit that they reacted that way because we have an ethical reflex. When we're around people that we see in pain, whether we know them well or we don't, we respond. And while we might be fierce in our determination, one against the other, and fighting for the ball and winning the game, when a person gets seriously hurt, it causes pause. When we're cheering vociferously, vocally, proudly for the Giants to win the game because it was a home game, no one wants it at the expense of another person lying motionless on the field. And we have an ethical reflex that kicks in, an ethical knee-jerk that says, we don't want to see another in pain. We want to take that pain and instantly turn it into healing. And we do anything and everything in our power to make that happen, whether that's taking a knee in prayer, whether that's applauding, or whether that's just pausing. The last example I share with you is from the parasha, something I just shared with Gabby and with Marley. We know that the angels come and do their job throughout the Torah. First, they're told to come and tell Abraham, you're going to have a child. They do that very well. Then they're told to go to Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah, and to wipe out what's going to happen there. They do it very well. And then we see the ethical reflex I just spoke about to Marley and to Gabby kicking in for Abraham. In the middle of his happiness, in the middle of his satisfaction, he responds and says, don't destroy a city. Don't take innocent people. That's not what this is about. You can't do it, God. And he starts to fiercely advocate on behalf of these people. Save them. Be with them. Don't hurt them. <coughs> Excuse me. Do what you can do. Please, God, 
Don't wipe out all the innocents with the wicked. It's a disservice. Why did Abraham do that? If you think about the context, his wife, who was his favorite wife, who he loved, she gets pregnant. What is a happier, more exciting moment? And instead of basking in that celebration, he turns in an ethical reflex and says, what's happening here is wrong. Let's change it. And he advocates with God. He isn't successful, but his reflexes still kicked in. Which tell us in all three of these cases, the cases of the young Evie, the cases of the football player, the cases of Abraham, that all of us have an emotion that's working with our brain. Where it's connecting and telling us that our soul is healthy. This week is one of the most challenging portions in the entire Torah. Abraham is going to sacrifice his son Isaac. And what happens? What I suggest happens is we see another ethical reflex from someone who probably looks and acts much more like a human than someone like God. That is the angel. We don't know much about the angels in the Torah. What we know about angels in Genesis and in Exodus and Leviticus and the few times that they come up is that they are nameless. They seem to take on human responsibilities. They communicate and they eat just like we do. And perhaps there's no way to tell the difference between an angel with the exception of they're bringing the message of God and the spirit of God. So we know that the case when the three angels that Rabbi Susan spoke about showed up to Abraham and he fed them and washed their feet showing that they had human characteristics and told him that he's going to have a child. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do in that case in the Saddam Gemara. And then as Isaac has the blade about to come down on his neck and Abraham's about to sacrifice him, What does the angel do? The angel pops out of its role and responsibility in being a messenger of God. And in a human ethical instinct and a knee-jerk reaction says, Abraham, 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 he cries out. And in the nick of time, Abraham says, Hineni, here I am. And he says, Don't even make a nick on the child. Don't even hurt him. Because now I know you're a God-fearing individual. Because you didn't sacrifice your child, your only child, from me. So the angel speaks as if speaking on behalf of God. But the angel acts as if a human ethical instinct has kicked in. What does this tell us? This tells us that we have knee-jerk reactions when we see something wrong. And it tells us that one of the ingredients to ensure that we respond appropriately is a level of proximity. What do I mean by that? I mean in all of the examples I just shared with you, whether Sodom, Gomorrah, on the football field, with my daughter, even the case of the Akedah, there is a nearness that evokes a reaction. But you know as well as I do that when we see a sad story on the television, whether it's about Haiti or whether it's about Darfur or whether it's a hurricane that has ravaged a small impoverished town, Our heart aches for a moment. We see the sad story and we turn the page or we flip the channel and it doesn't tug at our our emotional heartstrings because the reflexes don't work from afar. A doctor can't text our reflexes over the phone by asking us questions. The doctor has to physically touch our knee to see it pop out. And so is the case with each of us. We cannot have the same reactions through reading the paper, 
through watching the television, through appreciating a game in an armchair. It's different in the stands. It's different when it's next to you. And perhaps what we're learning here is that part of the medicine in fixing the world is that we actually have to move. We have to get off of the seat that we're on and be near to those who are in pain and to help make a difference. And sometimes we don't know how to make a difference. And I tell you as a doctor of spirituality, let your reflexes take course. Let the ethical reflex happen. Because if you are around someone in pain, if you are around someone hurting, if you are around the impoverished, if you are around the naked, then you instinctively, as a Jew and as a human, will respond in a way that will clothe the naked, that will feed the hungry, that will help the impoverished, and that will do what's ethical just as we've seen in all of these cases. Not only because it's the right thing to do, because perhaps we are born with a reflex in our hearts and our souls that are exactly the same as the reflexes that connect our knee bone to the muscle surrounding it. Our responsibility as we see the world each day is to make sure that the world that we live in is one that has us in a healthy state. We have done very much in this world and in this generation to ensure our personal health. We exercise a lot. We eat a lot. We eat healthy foods. We're particular. We get checkups. We take multivitamins. All of these things to make sure that our brain is connecting to our muscles and that the computer system works properly. So that when we sit at our physician's office, they can tap our knee and the reflex will work and all is good and healthy. But the question I ask us today is our soul connected to our reflexes too? And if you see people in pain and hurting around you, and we're not responding in these ways, then I would tell you that's cause for alarm. That's cause to find out why it is that your soul isn't reacting that way. Why the response hasn't triggered the same reflex. And there are ways to fix it. There are ways to get on the path and make a difference. Each of us have it. My suggestion is find those in need and let our reflexes take over so that the next time we see someone hungry, someone in pain, a child who's screaming, or a player motionless on the field, or someone looking to hurt another, whether we become Abraham, a parent, or another player taking a knee, that our responses in our heart will be a knee-jerk reaction, a reflex in making this world a better and a holier place. Amen.